The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see. Talk 670 KBOI. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk 670 KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. I'm so excited to be in studio today. It was a beautiful Saturday. It's nice to see that inversion uh, kind of clear out of the way here and, and uh, get a chance to see the sun and let it warm some things up a little bit and uh, just not feel so dreary. I always, I never like the, the inversion, you know, it's just, it feels so dry. And it's been pretty dry for a while now, um, so hopefully we'll get some We'll get some weather here pretty soon because we kind of need a little bit more. We need a little bit of relief from this dryness. Um, but I'm glad you're here listening to the show. If you'd like to be a part of the show, I would love to talk to you. i got a handful of things I'm going to talk about today. Um, but as always, if there's something on your mind, something you're interested in talking about or have a question about, I'd love to talk about that in addition to or instead of. You can do that at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. I got a little bit of news. Uh, things happening uh, around the Zamzo's locations in the Treasure Valley. Um, our kid event is happening right now. It goes till about uh, for about another 25 minutes or so. So hopefully that's working out really well. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, the reports as kind of a new, uh, different thing for us. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully that one was, is successful and might be able to do something like that again. But that's kind of already happening. So the other things that are coming up, we do have in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a seed starting uh, class. There will be seed starting classes at all 13 Zamzos across the Treasure Valley. So if you're brand new to seed starting or uh, looking for just a refresher or want to you know, learn some new things, um, that's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to just get out of the house and um, you know, start dreaming about spring. Uh, because it's, it's coming. It's going to be here before we know it. And, uh, seed starting is a great way. You know, it's just a fun thing to start thinking about and start doing. Um, so at all 13 Zamzos on the, uh, February 19th, we will have that seed starting class at all 13 Zamzos. In addition to that, on the same day, um, we will also have a seed starting workshop. So my coworker, Chris Owings, who's been on the show many times, uh, we'll be teaching that workshop and uh, should be a lot of fun. That one's going to be a little bit different. You're going to have to pay $20 to get into that. We will have some reservation um, opportunities for that. So you will have to uh, 
uh, choose to or pay for your spots. Um, and we'll have more information on that uh, at the beginning of the week here. That's going to be that's like on my the to do list for next <laughs> next week when I get into work is to get that information out to all the stores and out to all of you. Um, but you'll be able to reserve a spot. We're limiting that to 50 people. It's going to be a $20 entry fee, but you're going to get well over $30 in materials and you're going to actually get to plant those seeds in the trays and and get everything started. So that'll be a lot of fun. Very different for us. So uh, stay tuned for more more of that info and we will uh, uh we'll keep talking about that as we get a little bit closer. It looks like we have a phone call from Richard. Richard, how's it going? How can we help you today? Good. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, uh, just a quick question. I travel a lot. I live in Pocatello. I'm just going through Boise. I see when there's ice on the road, they throw ice, they throw salt down to melt the ice. Wouldn't throwing a high nitrogen fertilizer just as, do as good and then not sterilize? Well, you know, it's an interesting um, thing. And actually, you can use nitrogen and other things to uh, melt the ice. You certainly can. I think the reason they don't do that is uh, you end up getting with really high concentrations and then that ends up getting into our water supply. So I, you know, I haven't done a lot of research on, you know, using one over the other um, and what might be. There might be some reasons. I'm sure there are reasons to use one um, instead of the other. I've typically seen um, using some sort of like ammonium sulfate. Um, typically seems to be kind of like the last resort or something you don't want to do um, very often, especially well, you, like at home. You like wouldn't it, want, oh, go ahead. You, would, you wouldn't want the sulfate in there because it would stain, but salt is a sterilant, so that's certain when it washes off in your soil, it's not good for the plants, is it? Yeah, well, you know what? I think I'd have to look at the ingredients because I don't think that it's fully salt. I think there's... Um, uh, I think they use, I want to say, man, I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn on it because I'd have to look it up, but I think that, I think there's some sodium, it might be sodium chloride. Um, yeah, you know, I honestly, Richard, I don't know a lot about that. Um, I haven't really looked into it and why they use one over the other. So that's a good research project for me this next week. I appreciate it. I'm not really sure how to answer that one. Uh, very intelligently <laughs> i'm really kind of guessing i'm sure there's reasons but i i just don't know them um but yeah yeah i know i have had um customers like when we've run out of uh like uh when we've run out of some of the ice melts and and just plain old salt um i know some people have used uh, a nitrogen base and well and even if you um uh like I mentioned ammonium sulfate, like that's just, that's straight nitrogen. Um, so it might, there might be a reaction issue. Um, yeah, I don't really know. It's a great question. I don't, I just, I unfortunately is not one I've really looked into. Um, okay. Well, I sure appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Richard. I, uh, I wish I could answer it, uh, better, but I just, uh, I just unfortunately don't know. I'm sure there's somebody out there who knows. If you know why uh, one ice melt 
product is used over the others and you want to share that with us, give us a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. There's, uh, I'm sure there's somebody out there. If not, I'll, I'll, I'll look it out. I'm, I'm, if not, like there's nobody out there that knows. So obviously somebody knows, but uh, I probably don't have the time to look that up right now. But I will look it up this week because it is interesting. It's an interesting topic. And I've always kind of, it's something that's always been on the back of my mind as well. Um, so great, great question from Richard. Appreciate that. Um, as I mentioned, if you want to be a part of the show, we got a handful of things that we're going to talk about, but you can do that at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. So back to a few of the things that are happening. I mentioned we have our seed starting events that are coming up. We've got that, uh, workshop that's going to be happening on the 19th, as well as a free class at all 13 Zamzos. The workshop's going to be just at the State Street location with our little extra building over there. And um, that'll be a lot of fun. And, you know, it's just a good time to like just start dreaming and start thinking about what you're going to grow and plant out in the garden. Uh, a few other things that are going on. We have chickens. Baby chicks are showing up. Are, are, they haven't shown up yet, but they will be showing up at stores very soon. If you'd like to, if you're interested in chickens, if it's something that you are already interested in and you're looking to add some new birds to the flock, um, you can go to zamzos.com. There's a banner there. Um, and you cl- click on that and it'll show you the delivery schedules for all 13 locations. So if there's something in particular that you're looking for, we typically just bring in the chicks. Um, but uh, if you are looking for ducks or something like that, we can always do special orders. So you just give your store a call or stop by when you get a moment and they they can talk to you about uh, how we can help you with those sorts of things. But we will have a chicken class um, on the 26th of February. So that's going to be coming up in another just the week after the seed starting stuff. So if you're new to backyard chickens, if it's something that uh, you've been interested in, I think it's a really cool thing. My uh, Becca, my wife, is very afraid of birds. She does not like birds. She said that she would be maybe okay with chickens, but they don't get to come out of the coop. <laughs> uh, so, uh, that, and I just got a dog too. So I don't think I, I need to add another thing right now. Maybe, maybe over time, but, uh, I am always kind of, I think it's a really cool practice, like just to have some chickens, you know, people really love them and I, apparently they're really good pets. I have never owned one, so I can't speak to that, but I know a lot of people that I don't think they're lying to me when they say that they enjoy having their pet chickens, but also, you know, they provide uh, us with something. So it's a, a pet that gives back in, in multiple ways. So that backyard to table is something I've been thinking a lot about over the last few weeks. So chickens are coming on. Uh, we do have that class coming up on the 26th. So sounds like we got to go to a break. So we will do that. I got a little bit more stuff to talk about. If you want to be a part of the show, we'd love to talk to you. Give me a call 208-336-3700. Or 1-800-529-KBOI. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670-KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo. And buy your produce at the grocery store, but buy your garden seeds at Zamzo's. It's true, garden seed racks are popping up all over the valley, from grocery to discount stores. But Idaho's largest and best selection of garden seeds and seed starting supplies is now in at Zamzo's. So why wait or worry about supply chain issues when the seeds you need are available right now, right around the corner at Zamzo's? This year, we're welcoming back our premier local seed supplier, Snake River Seeds. We also have a huge selection of Livingston seeds and our own Zamzo's brand seeds in many popular varieties. What's more, we also carry seed starting supplies like heat mats, seed trays, and the right seed starting mix you need to avoid dampening off. 
So buy your produce at the grocery store, but buy your garden supplies from the stores that have been helping folks grow their own food for almost 90 years. Zamzo's, 13 stores to serve you, including Fairview between Curtis and Cole. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. News talk doesn't have to be boring. Weekday mornings at 5, it's Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. All right, we are back for part two of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. And if you'd like to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. Give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Okay, so as mentioned, we got chickens coming. We got our seed starting class coming. Uh, One last thing I want to mention, we are still hiring for spring. Um, We had our hiring fair a number of weeks ago, but they are still doing uh, lots of hiring, looking for people. So if you... Uh, are interested in lawn, garden, pet sort of things, you know, uh, Zamzo is a great place to work. We uh, had an orientation. I actually got to meet a couple listeners who um, applied and got jobs at Zamzo's uh, over the last uh, week. So that was kind of fun. People were like excited to meet me, which was weird. Um, You know, apparently some people like to listen to me. Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah, if you'd like to be a part of Zamzo's, I've been with Zamzo's for, uh, oh, just over 18 years now. And I think it's a great place to work. And uh, if those are the things that kind of interest you, then this is a great place to work. And one of the things that's really fun about Zamzo's is once you start working for them, um, you get lots of new hobbies. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people go through lots of uh, different phases where they start to, you know, they try out a fish tank for the first time or they, you know, get a frog or they, you know, get into gardening or get into their pets more. And you get to learn a lot too. That's the other thing that's so great about working for Zamzos. There's lots of opportunity to learn and to grow. So consider doing that. You can go to zamzos.com, scroll down to the bottom. You can find our careers page and you can apply at any time. So consider that if you're into it. All right. So it looks like we got another phone call from John in Emmett. John, how's it going? How can I help you today? Hey, good. So I have a question. So about 10 years ago, I bought some fruit trees from you guys, and they were growing really good. Mm -hmm. And I live about 10 years out of Emmett, and we have a drain ditch that goes by. And so for Thanksgiving, we went off to have uh, um, dinner with family, and we came back a week later. And it was dark. Anyway, when we, the next day we drive out our driveway and all my fruit trees are laying on the ground because a beaver mm. had chewed them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they've been there for 10 years, never had any trouble. Oh with man. Yeah, that's so crazy. I, yeah, it's crazy. So my feeling was I'll probably have to replant them. And somebody asked me, it says, well, will suckers come up and you can use those. But my guess is uh, that may not be a quality tree. So I'm just curious. Yeah, no, it is a great question because uh, fruit trees are grafted, like almost all fruit trees. There's very few, like if you're buying a fruit tree, they are almost assuredly a grafted tree. And they do that for a number of reasons. The The rootstocks that are grown for fruit trees are usually um, grown and bred specifically for their roots. Um, you know, and it'll, okay. the tree will grow up, but then they'll remove that and then they'll graft on another tree that's grown for its fruit production. So usually, yes, okay. they are two different trees. So when you um, when you have something like that, yes, it will sucker um, almost assuredly. The roots that are there will still be alive. And because it's had this trauma, it will shoot up suckers. And those suckers could 
potentially have fruit, but the thing is that those rootstocks are not grown for fruit. Um, so usually, you know, they're going to be kind of weird. They might be more like a crab apple or something um, ah. than your apple. So it's typically just not something worth taking time on. <laughs> um, you're better. You're honestly better off uh, just restarting. And it's unfortunate um, especially when you've had that amount of time put into it too, um, having a 10 year old tree, um, get, uh, taken by an un, you know, that's just, it's very, it's not very nice on the beavers part to just go ahead and take your tree out like that. I, I agree. So when will <laughs> be available at your stores? Well, that's a great question, John, because um, that was something I was going to get into a little bit later. Or I might have gotten into. Um, so we are, I, I believe they are starting to come in towards the end of February here. So um, okay. when last I was talking, because we've got uh, an event coming up in March. So we've been looking at that. But I believe the fruit trees and the berries and, and all those sorts of things are going to be coming in those last couple weeks of February here. So not too far out, um, we will start getting them in. And from what I've been told, we have a lot of trees coming in um, and a lot okay. of berries and a lot of other things as well. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye out. They will come into our Chinden location, then they will get out to the other stores. But if you really want to uh, get the best selection, that Chinden location yeah, yeah. is is early. So uh, I did hire a beaver trapper and we did get two beaver, but I will wire around them uh, yeah. <laughs> to make sure yeah. that uh, it didn't happen again for a while. So, yeah, so I'm just kind of yeah, interested, no, no judgment or anything, but that the trapper, did they, is it a relocation situation? Do they trap them and move them? He, no, he, he, uh, he trapped them and did away with them. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, yeah, like I said, no judgment there. I just was kind of curious as to how that, um, is taken care of. So uh, his opinion was this was a beaver that was away from its family and he was developing new territory. And that's uh, why I probably haven't been for 10 years. And so this guy come up. And, oh, I see. They, yeah. So he was making lunch on, on those little fruit right. trees and, and liking So Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it. It's always interesting as I've been, uh, out and about, uh, across Idaho more, I've seen a lot of, uh, Places where there are beavers. I've not actually seen the beavers, but you can, you know, you can see their dams and and what they do. They are pretty. It's a pretty fascinating animal that uh, what they do. Anyway, this isn't a this isn't a show about beavers. So let's get back to let's get back on track here, shall we? Um, hey, if you'd like to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. Give me a call 208-336-3700 or one 529 KBOI. Okay, so we talk, we got rid of the news stuff. Let me get into some of the topics I wanted to talk about today because. Uh, what we've been, what I've kind of been doing is uh, deep diving into some of the topics, the things that are perennially like happening out in the lawn and garden that are just kind of consistent issues that we just tend to deal with year after year. So I want to talk about those. We've been talking about a few last week. We talked about tomatoes. Um, I think a few weeks before that, we talked about um, what was that chinch bug. So today, I thought what we could do is talk about some maple trees. Um, maple trees are, uh, I, you know, I, I think over the years I've probably sounded like I don't like maples, but the truth is I actually really enjoy maples. I have fond memories of maples growing up in Oregon. Um, and I think one of the things that's happened is over the years I've had to fix so many issues with, uh, maple trees here in Idaho 
that it sounds like I don't like them. And it's not that I don't like them. It's just that I don't feel like they're, they're usually a great fit for Idaho because they just, there's just tends to be uh, this one kind of inherent problem with maples and that's iron chlorosis. And um, we'll get into, we'll really dive into what iron chlorosis is and how to fix it. And some of the things that we don't uh, typically think about, but it looks like we do have another phone call. So let's go ahead and talk to Dell in Emmett. Dell, how's it going? How can I help you? Oh, it's doing great. Hey, I was uh, curious. I did not get uh, my bulbs planted uh, in the fall, and I've got some planters that I would like to put some tulip bulbs and stuff in. Uh, my question is, uh, can you actually put them out right now, or do they need to be uh, seasoned in the refrigerator or something before I actually put them in the ground? Um, they need to be, Usually they need to be frozen um, for about a month. So if you can dig a hole and get them in the ground, now what I would do is uh, kind of squish them a little bit make sure they're still pretty firm um if they feel real squishy or like they've lost a lot of water um you know they might not come come up but they only need about a month when i was in school we did some forcing of those and uh yeah they only need about a month of that freeze um so we certainly have some time so if you can dig a hole for them or even um you know get a, a bag of unfrozen soil or something and um plant them kind of hill them in a little bit you can certainly i would i would definitely try to get them out there um oh great that's that's exactly what i was wondering because uh, i think it'd be a nice replacement for the cabbage that's frozen off now <laughs> sure yeah absolutely and you know if they're still viable and they got enough time you'll have uh you'll, you might be getting them up pretty soon so Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for the call. Lots of calls from Emmett today. That's fantastic. All right, we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to get into maple iron chlorosis and how to fix that here in just a moment on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBR. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and if you're anything like me, it's probably been a while since you changed the sheets on your dog's bed. In fact, during the cold weather months, your dog spends a lot more time indoors, which is why Zamzo's recommends you change out your dog's bed now to give them a warm, comfortable place to call their own that looks and smells a whole lot better, too. Plus, we carry beds in a variety of shapes, colors, and sizes, so you're sure to find the right bed at the right price. And remember, all animals eat more when the furnace is on. Not the furnace that heats your house, but their internal furnace that burns calories to supply body heat. That's why all 13 Zamzos carry a wide range of quality dog foods, including national brands, and our superior Zamzos and Grandma Z's local foods. So please feed a quality pet food like Grandma Z's, and make sure your pet has plenty of fresh water and nutritious food at all times. At Zamzos, our help and advice is free. So if you have questions, come see us. We have 13 stores to serve you, including Federal Way and Geckler in Southeast Boise. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part three, the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. We've had some terrific calls today so far. And uh, if you'd like to be a part of the show, if you got anything on your mind or Anything that you're uh, wanting to ask about, uh, now's a great time. Give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Okay, um, I wanted to get into um, iron chlorosis because it is a, a persistent issue 
across the Treasure Valley, particularly with maples. Now, one of the things I realized a couple of years ago is that there is an actual uh, native Idaho maple. Um, I think it's called the Rocky Mountain maple. Um, and so if you can find that, sometimes those native ones are harder to find. But if you can find one of those, or if we can get them in, I think we always try. But um, I think there's a couple different varieties of it. But that's a native maple, and something like that is going to be much more like acclimated to our soil types and our climate. Now, typically what we bring in um, and what a lot of people want are the things like the uh, the red maples. Um, so they're green throughout the year, and then in the fall they turn bright red when they drop their leaves. Some of them are yellow, and maples just bring a lot of different variety and color. There's a lot of variegation in some of the leaves, um, and they're just they're really nice trees. They're great shade trees. They grow pretty fast, um, and so you know, it would be nice if we could get them to do really well. It's just a, a lot of those uh, varieties tend to have a hard time with our soil types, and particularly it's Iron chlorosis, which is the lack of iron in the leaves of the plant. Iron is an interesting element in that plants use it for only one thing, and that is to make their leaves green. And green, um, or the color that they should be uh, at any time of the year. So um, the greenness or the color that the plant should be is very important for its production of chlorophyll, which is what uses it, you know, that's what makes oxygen and does all the things and it's chlorophylls, the, the thing that makes the plants do what they do. So it's important for iron to be in the plant as much as it needs. It doesn't need a lot of iron, but when it's not there, you get chlorosis. And so the surefire signs of chlorosis is, is always going to happen on the newest growth. So if it's uh, usually the first few leaves that will come out, will be, will look okay and then as the tree continues to leaf out, the leaves get less and less of that vibrant green that it should be. And it starts to turn yellow and kind of pale, pale green. And then in the worst cases, you'll have just the veins of the leaf will have will be green. And then you'll have a lot of yellow throughout the rest of the leaf. So it, it takes on this very... Uh, unique pattern. Now, one of the things that will tend sometimes happen is that magnesium is actually um, also causes that um, to a lesser degree, but it will also uh, cause the leaves to do that. So, <clears throat> um, and it's usually not the lack of iron in the soil. A lot of times we have enough iron in the soil in some cases, not in all cases, uh, but there might be iron in the soil, but our pH is off and pH is really the kind of the gatekeeper to all of this. So, um, it, it becomes a real big issue, particularly in the summer as, as we start to heat up. So that chlorophyll needs to be green. It's what moves the water. It's doing all of its things. It's kind of like an engine. I always kind of think of chlorophyll as an engine. And when the engine doesn't have the right amount of fuel and things that it needs, it can't cool itself off properly. And so what, what will happen with a, a maple that's severely iron deficient is it'll start to burn up in the hottest part of the year. You'll see lots of uh, burnt black um, bits. And sometimes that can be a disease, but sometimes, uh, particularly on a maple, it's just that lack of iron in the, it, the tree has lost its ability 
to continue to cool itself off and to keep those leaves from getting all crunchy and crispy. So we've got to correct it. If you want to have a maple, you really got to put the time and the effort into correcting this issue. Um, and it kind of is multiple, there's multiple things that we need to do. So if you've got a new tree that you're going to plant, um, the best thing you can do is uh, start to amend that soil early. Um, do something, do, start getting some of those things into the soil. So one of them is getting more iron, right? So we want to make sure we have enough. Humagreen is a great way to do that. You can use Humagreen. Um, I feel like I've talked to you about Humagreen a lot over the last couple of weeks. Um, and the truth is I probably have, but iron is uh, a big component of Humagreen as well as a lot of other things that it has in it. So a uh, is one thing you can do. Um, we have another product called uh, Magic Mineral, which has iron plus a whole bunch of other things, a very, very complete, uh, well-rounded vitamin, uh, or uh, I should say mineral package in, in, in that product. So that's another one. And if you've got a spot where you want to put a maple, I would even, even if you're thinking about doing it, you know, in a year or later in the year, get that stuff out there now. Put it out there because those things take time to get into the soil and break down and start to do their thing. So you can do that right now. Um, you could certainly do it right now. You could do it a little bit later um, or, you know, at least a, a week or two uh, up before you actually get to planting. Um, now, as I mentioned, the pH is a big factor now. In a lot of places around um, the Treasure Valley here, we tend to have a higher pH. So that's going to be above 7.0 on the pH scale. So in some places, we might have a 7.5, uh, even up into 8, 9, 10. Some places even have higher than that. And those are really difficult places to grow a lot of different plants. But even particularly, it's you know those aren't great places to grow maples. Um, so we, maples really want to be closer to a neutral pH. Ideally, they want something around a 6.5 uh, to a 6.7 is usually ideal. Um, but if we can't get that, if we can get at least get it to neutral, then we're usually in good shape. So the first thing you're going to want to do is get some sort of uh, pH um, test. Um, you can do that really simply uh, with uh, we have them in the store. It's just a little vial and... <clears throat> With that, you just, you're just you going to take a little bit of the soil and you're going to measure that pH. It's going to give you an idea of where you're at. And then that's going to kind of help let you know how much of that you have to really work at to bring that pH down. Um, to bring that pH down, you're going to use sulfur. Um, and usually you're going to have to use it a couple times a year to really kind of keep the pH at that, bring it closer to that neutral and um, it's something you're probably going to have to do on a regular basis, as well as feeding with something like that Humagreen and that Magic Mineral and Thrive and the Chicken Soup for the Soil. You don't have to use all of those, but some sort of combination of some of those dry and wet products are really going to help make sure that everything's in the soil. Now, if you've got a tree that's been dealing with iron chlorosis and it's just already planted, um, you're going to do kind of the same thing. You're just going to start applying these things to the soil. And as I mentioned, you got to remember it takes time. Now, iron is only taken up into the tree one time. That's the as soon as it wakes up in the spring, that's when it takes up its iron. So later in the year, you can't put iron on the ground and it's not going to get into the tree that time of year. So you have to have it on before or if you realize that you have it when you put it down, then you got to remember that it's not going to really start to uh, correct until the following year. And usually again, it's going to take some time uh, to get that tree back into a hundred percent shape. So you got to be diligent with it. 
Um, but it is something you do want to fix because iron chlorosis over time can certainly uh, reduce the lifespan of that maple and it opens yourself, opens that tree up to a lot of other issues. Um, you know, once the tree is compromised with, uh, that, that stress, it's going to be more prone to borers. It's going to be more prone to aphids. It's going to have a harder time getting through the winter. Um, so you gotta, get, you gotta make sure that those things are uh, getting put into the soil on a regular basis so that you can keep that iron chlorosis from eventually killing your tree. Um, so that's kind of where it all kind of boils down to. It's not that I don't like maples. It's just that if you want to have a really nice maple and get those features of it, you got to put a lot of extra work into it. And that's where I kind of come out on like, you know, there are some better options for Idaho. For instance, a green linden. I absolutely adore lindens. Um, they are my favorite tree and never are going to have a chlorosis problem. They like our soil. They do tend to get a little bit of aphids um, uh, from time to time. So that's something you got to look out for. Um, but I've had a maple in uh, our, excuse me, a linden in our backyard. I planted, um, gosh, I feel like it was probably like 12 years ago. Um, but it's just a, been a, a tremendous tree. It's so good. Um <clears throat> So honestly, if you're if you're if you're thinking about getting a new tree, I, I just look at some of those other options. Don't just say I have to have a maple because you can get some really nice trees um, that do similar things, uh, and you won't have to put as much work into it. So consider that this year as you get into. But you know, if you really like a maple and you got a spot for it and you want to put that time into it. Um, you know, it's definitely worth it if you want that time because maples are beautiful trees. They have some of the most amazing colors and uh, are great shade trees. Um, you're just, like I said, you're going to have to put a little extra effort into it. So, okay, so that's probably enough about maples. If you want to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk. you got one more segment here on the Zamzo's Garden Show. Give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and if you're new to Boise, you probably know that Zamzo's is Idaho's oldest and largest garden store with 13 locations in the Treasure Valley. But what you may not know is that Zamzo's is also Idaho's oldest and largest group of pet stores, and that we formulate our own line of foods for dogs and cats that are superior to national brands. And there's a Zamzo's or Grandma Z's formula for every pet and every budget. Our new line of fundamentals comes in three flavors, chicken, turkey, and whitefish, yet contains no corn no wheat, no soy, making it ideal for dogs with allergies. But the best of the best is still our super premium Grandma Z's line and our top-selling Idaho trout and potato. For cats, our Grandma Z's dry foods are the best you can buy. And we have a full line of canned cat foods and Idaho's largest selection of cat toys and treats that can keep inside cats happy and entertained during the cold winter months. So for the best in lawn and garden, come to Zamzo's. But for the best pet food and pet supplies, there's also only one place to go, Zamzo's. Nate Shellman, live, weekday afternoons, 3 to 6, on 670 KBOI. All right, we are back for part four the Zamzo's Garden Show, and we've got some calls stacked up, so let's get right to them. Um, if I don't get to you before the end of the show, please stay on the line. I'd be happy to take your call after the show. So let's see, we got Alex on the phone. Alex and Meridian, how can I help you today? Uh, hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, so I got uh, some 
peach trees in my backyard I planted a couple years ago. Um, and I was curious uh, what your thoughts were on preventing. Uh, there's like a fungus that comes on them in the spring. I tried spraying an antifungal on them about this time last year, but I'm wondering if I did it too early. Um, uh, the trees were healthy, but the buds, most of the buds on them died. Okay. Um, so there's a couple of different, um, mainly with peach trees, what you're going to be dealing with is peach leaf curl. Um, which is a bacteria. There are a couple of other funguses, but you're going to treat them the same way. So if you'd use something in the, you said you use it in the fall. I used it uh, like this time last year, like uh, oh, end of January. Okay, so yeah, you, um, <clears throat> I would actually push that back a little bit. So typically, um, you're going to do a couple of things for peaches. Um, to prevent that peach leaf curl, you're going to want to start spraying probably um, closer to uh, March. Um, and then kind of as the leaves are coming out and then through rainy time. You always have to stop whenever they're in bloom. Um, but you're going to want to use that copper throughout the rainy part of the year, depending on how long that takes. And that's going to prevent pretty much any of the diseases that you're going to be dealing with. You know, you might always see a little bit here and there, but you're going to prevent a lot of it. So um, typically you're going to start spraying at what they'll call pre-bud break. So this is as the buds begin to swell. That's when you can start spraying. Um, you'll spray usually about every seven to 10 days through bud break. So as the leaves begin to emerge, you start to see some of that color. Once the flowers start to pop, you got to stop spraying. You can't spray anything then because you're going to kill the blooms and you have the potential to cause harm to bees during that time. So you're going to spray, uh, stop spraying during your blooming phase. Once about 80% of the petals have fallen, you can start spraying and you're going to spray for as pretty much as long as we have rain through the spring, about every seven to 10 days. And you might need to spray if there's a real heavy rain, you might need to spray an additional time. But that's really kind of what you're going to want to do through this spring. And that should prevent most of your issues uh, when it comes to fungus or bacteria on your peaches. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, <clears throat> you got any tips on when to start fertilizing them? Um, you can really do it anytime. You know, a lot of people will do it in, uh, I would do, definitely do it in spring. The nice thing, if you're going to use something like Thrive or Chicken Soup, you can really do it anytime you want because it's going to go into the soil and stay there and wait for the tree to wake up and use it. So really whenever you want to do it. But typically once you start to see that bud break, that's a good time. You know, a good indicator that, uh, the tree's waking up and starting to move water and, uh, having that, Fertilizer in the soil then would be really good. And then I would probably do it again in the, the, the next fall or this fall, I guess. Perfect. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for the call, Alex. Appreciate it. Let's go to Kathy in Wilder. Kathy, how's it going? How can I help you? Great. Um, I have a question. I've got a pine tree in the front yard, and it was attacked by woodpeckers. Mm. And he's pretty much... Well, he hasn't completely girdled it, but he's done a lot of damage. Can I? Do I need to cover the damaged area? What do I need to do with it? No, you don't need to cover it. Now, one of the things, um, so with woodpeckers are usually they're opportunistic. So usually, if they're if they're going to town on something, it usually means there's some sort of food source. So you might have. Um, a couple of different things. Uh, bark beetles, um, pine bark beetles are probably one of the things they might be going for. 
Um, certain years where you might have moths, it might be going for that as well. So your best, you're in, if the tree is going to um, be okay, you should see some sap coming through there. Um, it will yeah, sap those areas. Did, was it doing it this this winter? Yes. Okay. So, and that that would that would make sense that you're not going to see sap yet because the tree is kind of probably in dormancy. It's not moving much water. This spring, you're probably going to notice some sap start to come through there, and that's totally normal. Um, and typically, um, they they don't usually kill a tree. Um, so I, I think you're going to be okay. What I would do is make sure you don't have to do anything yourself to cover it. The tree will actually take care of that on itself. It's got mechanisms to deal with that, and that's what that sapping is. What you're going to want to do is just make sure you feed it well. Um, you know, maybe give it a good deep drink this spring once it starts to warm up a little bit, um, and get some of that Thrive or that chicken soup for the soil down in there, and just make sure that it's got all the nutrients that it needs, and it'll start to deal with those issues. Now, you may need to investigate a little bit and try to figure out if there's some sort of bug that's attacking it because that's what's usually attracting those woodpeckers sometimes if it's like a young woodpecker and it doesn't know any better um you know it might kind of go on to a tree just because it you know just doesn't know what it's doing yet but usually they're looking for a bug so if they're really going to town on something it usually means there's a bug nearby um so okay. look into something like that. We've got some um, different applications for those if it was a moth those are usually um uh, cyclical. So like they only happen every couple of years. <clears throat> so you probably wouldn't notice the same thing. Um, but if it was a bark beetle, um, you're going to need to spray throughout the, the spring here or late spring okay, through it's summer. Just, it's just taking like strips of the bark. It's not going into the actual meat of the tree. Oh, interesting. So, um, whew, man, that's a tough, is it still going, is he still doing it or is he kind of left it alone now? No, he's, He's gone. Okay. Um, so, and that's that actually might not be better, actually, than just going in uh, a bunch of holes. Is it a newer tree, or has it been there for a while? No, it's been there for, I don't know, 15 years. Oh, okay. So it's it's pretty well established. I think it's going to be okay. Um, and what you might consider um, next uh, through this year is maybe even do some of, like, that flashing scare tape. Do something to try to scare the birds away from it. Um, okay. Kind of like you would with a fruit tree. Okay. Well, I know Zamzos has that save a tree or something. Yeah, yeah. Save a tree. We call it Thrive that. now, and that's okay. that's what you're going to want. Yeah, that'd be a great one to use. Okay. Super. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck with that, Kathy. Hopefully, the tree will go uh, pretty well. Let's see. Let's try to get to Rob here um, before we finish up here. Rob in Meridian, how's it going? How can I help you today? Uh, it's going good. Uh, I like your uh, little joke earlier about using sodium chloride to uh, melt ice. Yeah, I don't. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was a part of the reason I'm asking. Um, I don't want to throw salt on like the sidewalk, uh, but I also don't want like anyone to go ass over tea kettle, like the Amazon guy or whoever. So. What would you suggest? Well, we've got... um from shoveling. Yeah. <laughs> so we've actually got a couple of different products that are really good. Um, we've got a, a liquid one. And like I, I can never remember the ingredients to them. Um, but I was really impressed with that liquid one that we brought in. It's called Entry. I don't remember the ingredients, but it's a really good one to put down. 
Um, if it has, you know, started to freeze or whatever, that's a really good one to use. We've got some other ones that are safe to use around your fruit tree, uh, your your lawn and your garden. It's safe for pets. Um, and I know we have a lot of that available right now. So stop by the store. I don't remember the ingredients, um, but those are really the safer ones to use. They're going to evaporate. They're going to dissipate. And uh, you won't shouldn't have any issues with that. Sorry, I got to cut you off there, Rob. I appreciate the call. Um, and it looks like uh, Doug's on the line. Doug, I will talk to you here in just a moment. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. Thanks for all the calls today, everybody. I think that's the most we've had so far this year. So that's fantastic. We will talk to you again next week here on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. Callie Zamzo. And on behalf of the Zamzo family and our almost 200 incredible employees, we'd like to thank the thousands of Zamzo's customers who donated to our campaign to raise money to help local animal shelters. These shelters are all nonprofit organizations who depend on donations and fundraisers just to operate their facilities. So from the last week of November through December 19th, we asked our customers to donate a dollar at the check stand to help our local shelters. Well, I'm delighted to tell you, 6,403 customers stepped up and donated over $23,000 to the cause far more than we ever expected. We are so grateful to our wonderful customers and to our incredible employees who encouraged our customers to contribute that the Zamzo family decided to match what our customers donated and round up the total to $50,000, which was presented to three local shelters, the Idaho Humane Society, Pet Haven in Nampa, and the Pet Adoption League in Emmett. So on behalf of the entire Zamzo family and our almost 200 employees, thank you for donating to help our local animal shelters.